Wow, I left you guys hanging on yesterday's episode. So we, as I've said, we've been hiring people for a long time in this business. We're almost going on 10 years of hiring people. Now, we did have a hiatus for a while because we had such a bad experience yes. with some of our first hires. We made some big mistakes. Well, in addition to some of the big mistakes that were our fault, there are a lot of things that we've experienced over the years. I'm going to be nice and call them hijinks, but there are some unsavory things that can happen with virtual assistants, things that have happened to us. And we're going to talk about some of the, some of these are really clever, but we're going to make you aware of these things so you know what to watch out for. We're going to talk about that in today's episode, starting now. Do you wish your life away waiting for Friday? Do you dread Sunday nights and Monday mornings? My wife and I have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family. I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We're Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. So you got a little bit of an appetizer, like just a, a tiny taste when we talked <laughs> about how we had hired um, an hourly writer to write articles for us. And then we thought like cute, innocent little business owners that they were writing articles all the time. They would just do what they were supposed to do. Right. right? We had, we had always written our own articles up to that point, which was maybe a couple of years. It wasn't a long time, but um, so we didn't quite necessarily understand how long it would take another person to write an article. And, we were, it was cute. It was, it's, it was such a sweet, innocent time in our business careers. And it was a very big surprise to me when I went into this thing called the work diary. Didn't even know it was a thing with Odesk. Back when Odesk was Odesk, they became Upwork for anyone who's maybe skipping around our episodes. Um, so at the time we were using a service called Odesk to hire people. And I found this thing called, um, called the work diary. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. It shows me that someone's like, if, if it tells you if they were really, it gives, it's broken up into 10 minute periods and it tells you, did they click around on their mouse a lot? Were they typing? Basically things that would suggest someone's at their computer. Right. right? Yeah. And then it would take random screenshots and I could see the screenshots. Now I've never been one for micromanaging, but I was very disappointed when I noticed that one of our virtual assistants was spending an awful long time doing research on YouTube. Right. We noticed this right away, right? No, it took oh. quite a while for us to figure this out. We didn't know the work diary was a thing. We didn't know the work and diary was a thing. And that's a mo that's, that's our a, fault. It is our fault. And it's a common tool now on most of these hiring platforms. There are even open source applications. If you hire a virtual assistant, maybe off of Facebook or off of a forum, you can actually make sure that they run one of these um, logging piece, you know, softwares. Um, on their computer so that you pay them only when they're actually working and it, it keeps track of their hours. Right. And, and you frame it as a, it protects me, but it also protects you as a freelancer. Do you really want, you know, some, some freelancers are like, I don't get paid for the hours that I put in. Well, if it's documented, yeah, right. Proof that I've done my work. Exactly. And proof of the hours that I put in. Right. So it protects both people. But for us, obviously, we didn't know it existed until this exact moment in time where we had already had uh, this team member on for, a while. Yes. And they were watching. And so I, I jokingly said that they were doing research on YouTube, but they were literally just like watching music videos and like other funny videos and stuff. Like it was just, yeah, yeah. They were just sitting there on the clock watching music videos. And I think the problem with that, I mean, uh, the, the, the problem with that, but the thing that we just didn't do is we weren't 
we weren't following up on what what work was he doing. Yes. He was like, oh, we got a virtual assistant and we, we gave him a bunch of tasks and now he's just going to do that. And we didn't we didn't care to manage it. Yeah. And, and so you might be thinking like, oh, great, I have to be a clock watcher now. It's like, no, you don't really. Right. You know, we've all hopefully I think a lot of people have worked in corporate environments or other environments where people are going to slack off. Right. They're just time there. There are days where. So we don't necessarily expect our team members to be like 100 percent in it. Right. Like, I, I hope that they are. No, we have really like casual. We, we do. I, I understand that someone's going to message them on Messenger and they might get a little. So what you really want to understand when you are um, working with a virtual assistant is understand the amount of output. What would you be happy with this person outputting? And then you don't really have to watch the clock or look at the screenshots or anything. Right. If they're getting the work that you expect done, done, and it's to the standards of quality that you care about. Yeah. Then you should be pretty happy. That's a win. Right. And if they are blowing off steam on Messenger and that's their way of kind of like, you know, doing their best work and maintaining their sanity, then fine. That's a part of being a human. And I'm okay with that. So um, and some people won't be right. Some people are like, I want you 100 percent dedicated every minute. And fine. I you'll have to watch the screenshots then. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how you want to spend your time. So um, that was that's probably the most blatant and obvious thing. But. There are other things that can happen, and I I don't have smoking gun proof that this happened to us, but I'm nearly positive it has. And so what we talked about is we do um, a trial job, right? We talked about, and it sounds like a bulletproof system, right? Do a trial job, you get to see the quality of their work, and then you hire them and, you know, more like full-time, if you will. Right, yeah. Well, there are clever companies or people out there where, what they'll do is when they're doing a trial job, they will hire out, they'll subcontract possibly at a loss to, to get better quality work. And then once you bring them on for the actual job, then you start getting their work. Oh, it's a brilliant way. It's like getting your resume professionally done. Yeah. And then showing up. And you're like all sloppy looking and stuff, right? Like you just, it, it's. Yeah. This, and, and like you said, we're nearly positive this, this happened to us because we had a person that was clearly like they, they said they were in um, Canada, Canada, but that first article came out amazing. And then, you know, once we did bring them on, suddenly it felt very choppy. Yeah, it was like the, it was clearly not native English. So my guess is what they did was they either either the person was located in Canada, had fantastic command of the English language and turned out a great article. And then the moment that we hired them, they had their writing team. And I'm going to guess that this is how they scale their business on there is they probably have a writing team of outsourced writers from all around the world. But the English was just so not native. It was obvious to me that we got bait and switched. Actually, it was so bad. Um, you know, that I ended up having like, and this happened a couple times where we had a, a person that was just not quite like native English speaker, but where we ended up with kind of a pool of articles here that we just had to have our, our new content manager go through and just spend like a month 
fixing all of these articles that were done in like broken English. And if I remember correctly, she said that they were just borderline to the point where it would have been cheaper for her to have just re to have written the articles herself than to have edited these articles. It was so bad. So um, that is something to watch out for. Just because someone passes your trial job and gets the real job, you can't let your guard down right away. Um, you want to make sure that you're still validating the quality of the work that's coming out because there are some things that they can do um, behind the scenes that are like, oh, okay, what happened here? Your quality dropped. The other thing that I'm nearly positive happened, and this one isn't as big of a deal for some people, um, and maybe it's kind of a version of what we were just talking about, is um, on Upwork, you'll have co- people identified as individuals and then people identified as agencies. So on there, you can be an agency and you can be you can be a person who's a member of an agency, right? So I can so an agency can apply for your jobs if you allow them to. You can also say, I don't want agencies to apply to my job. Um, the reason why you may or may not want an agency is an agency is going to have multiple people in it, right? So multiple writers. And then you don't necessarily have control over who writes your article or whatever your job is, right? If you, you know, let's say you do data analysis and you need someone to do research for you, um, you can hire an agency and they'll, whatever your research project is, they'll say, all right, start this person, you know, start Googling for these topics and get data, you know, or whatever it is that you're doing. So you don't have control over who is actually doing the tasks for you. So some people want to work with a dedicated person. That's when you hire an individual. Problem is, I'm pretty sure there are some individuals on Upwork that are actually agencies pretending to be a specific person. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you can end up with that kind of choppy work as well. Yeah, that was something we never wanted to do because we wanted a consistent tone with all of our writing. You know, we only really were using this for writing at the time. And so, yeah, we wanted the same kind of tone throughout all of the work. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I could totally imagine that being a frustration, you know, having inconsistent work coming back to you because different people are taking the, those tasks. Yes. Um, another thing that can happen, and this is very specific to writing, but it can, you, if you're more general, it can apply to a lot of other things, right? Especially if you're doing creative work, but theft, right? So um, we've had this numerous times with some of the writing services. There, in, in article writing, there is a, a tactic called spinning, and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I've been around this business a long time, and I, I've got like a, a radar for spun content. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah, you do. And, and you're a king of hunting it down. Like I am real, like I can find the articles you used to. So spinning basically can take content, various pieces of content, and mush them together into a new article and it'll change words, right? So the word good becomes the word great. And, you know, my becomes our, and you know, like you can switch all these words around and basically make a a comprehensible article that, um, gives the exact same information. Just it's worded slightly different, but it's the same. Yeah. It's basically the same article. And so it just swaps out synonyms and maybe it rephrases some sentences. It depends on how complicated it is. Most people use software for this. Um, you can also do it you know, using your human brain, but most people use software now to do this article spinning. And um, I mean, even if you're doing creative work, right? Let's say you're hiring a logo designer, which we've had someone do this to us too, where we hired a designer and then they um, used elements that weren't licensed in their image, right? So there are all types of different types of theft that can happen. But we've had people turn in articles to us 
And uh, just the way that they read, um, even if they are fairly good, it either comes off as not native English sounding or it's just kind of obvious that it was spun. And um, and it's it's fairly easy for if you know that you've got a spun article, you can pretty well like figure out how to track down like the who they stole from and so forth. The other problem that you can have is just people blatantly stealing. Right. Which is what I was describing with a designer using unlicensed images. We had one of our writers that was um, copying and pasting like literal paragraphs from huge websites that could put us out of business in a second. You know, yeah, major no, no. And, yeah. and apparently he was oblivious to that fact. Yeah. Like, so how do you be a writer and be a uh, anyways? Yeah. I mean, ultimately I liked the guy. He was nice and I felt bad. Like, yeah, I, I didn't want to let him go, but when you put my business at risk, there's no, I have no choice. Like there is, and, and you know, we're still amicable toward, towards each other, but I just can't have it. Even if it was an honest mistake, I just, that, that's one line that you can't cross in our business. So uh, that was a bummer because overall I liked him and his his content was was pretty decent. He was a hard worker; like he turned out content fast. Yeah. Like, but it, there's nothing I can do about it. Um. So those are a lot of the the problems. Are there any other ones that you can think of? Some of the hijinks that people can pull. I think it's mostly like either swapping out the work or swapping out the people, which I would never have guessed is a possibility. Yeah. But it is totally a possibility. <laughs> um. You, know, you want to watch out also for um, like uh, ratings, high, like ratings hostage situations, right? Mm -hmm. So Upwork, you as a business owner can get rated by the people that you hire, right? They can give you a one to five star rating um, in a couple of areas. And you as a business owner can rate virtual assistants. And the ratings are kind of like the lifeblood of this whole system. Well, right. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so when you um, you want to be amicable to the people that you're hiring because they are going to ultimately rate you. And I don't know if a lot of virtual assistants really care about a hiring company's rating, but I like to keep a pretty pristine rating. And so um, I like the way Upwork does it. They do a double blind system. So you you leave a rating and the virtual assistant leaves a rating and neither of you can see what the rating is until after 14 day period elapses. And then you get to see each other's ratings. Okay. And that's a cool way because like if you were ever an old school user of eBay, it was like you'd use each other as a hostage situation. Like if the, if the transaction didn't come out the way you wanted, you'd be like, I'm going to leave you bad feedback unless you fix this. And then if you left bad feedback, the seller left you bad feedback. And it was like this really, I remember that. Yeah. It was like a, it was a very strange standoff that could happen. And so, um, I like the way Upwork handles the feedback, but just be aware that if you have a bad, um, interaction with a virtual assistant, um, you could get rated poorly by them. And like I said, it's certainly going to weigh more on the virtual assistant. It's harder for them. Business owners are going to look at their ratings a lot harder then I think the virtual assistants are going to look at your rating as a business owner. But right. just be aware of this if you have a, a bad interaction. Just It's better to just be completely honest in your ratings um, because the, they at least have that double blind system, which I really like. And uh, it helps keep the system honest because you'll have lots of people try to like, you know, make sure you give me five stars. You know, it's so funny that you bring up the ratings because our some of our best hires were actually uh, people who were brand new to Upwork who didn't even have a rating. And usually that would be like, oh, that's risky. Like, I, I don't know, they may 
be terrible to work with. That's actually a really cool pro tip that we're just going to, I guess, drop here for free. Um, when you are hiring, I actually put into my job descriptions new um, new assistants or new workers welcome um, because it attracts a giant pool of people who have no feedback yet. And yes, it does open you up to low quality people or potentially risky ones like some of the situations we run into. But just being complete, our content manager, who is an amazing, she is amazing. Oh, yeah. Has actually, I think two or three of our people who are awesome ha, are we are their only hires on there. In fact, um, our content manager had, you know, obviously a no rating because she was brand new. Um, she actually referred us to somebody else who had never been on Upwork. She actually created a profile to work for us. To work for us. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so don't be afraid of somebody necessarily who has no feedback yet. Yeah, I remember being scared of people on eBay that didn't have feedback. And even to this day, I'm like, I'm very wary of people who don't have feedback. I, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. But it's okay with a virtual assistant. So we have a couple more topics planned in this little series. We're going to talk about uh, when you have to actually bring on your, your people and manage them. And then what happens in those cases like we had where you have to remove someone from a team. Bum, 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 bum. Not my favorite thing to do in but business. But you're really good at it. You like you just said amicable. Like we we have had to remove people from our team, and that makes me sound like a terrible person. You basically <laughs> just said you're really good at firing people. Uh, <laughs> it. We'll talk uh, about it on that episode. We, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Apparently, I've got the touch. So if you, if you want to learn how to fire people, I am your man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fearless Together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M. To your continued success.